podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're doing something a little differently here on Pumping Up the Podcast because we're not reviewing an episode of Hannah Montana. We are instead having a soundtrack spectacular. Hey, get up, get down. We're pumping up the podcast now. Hey, get up, get down. Pumping up the podcast now. My guest today is Michael Stahl. Hello. (laughs) And uh, for this soundtrack spectacular, yeah, we're going to be going through all eight original songs from the first season of Hannah Montana. Um, All the hits that you know and love. We're going to go through them. Uh, Michael here is, uh, he has a music degree. (laughs) I have an entire degree in music. And you help people learn how to sing. That's right. Teach voice lessons, teach choir, I I music. I am music. He's Mr. Music. (laughs) (laughs) But not that Mr. Music. The other one. (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through, we're gonna talk all the lyrics, we're gonna talk a little bit about the production of the songs and the vocals, and it's gonna be a grand old time, and then yeah, that's I, I, yeah. I have some comments from you guys, our, my listeners, and uh, it's going to be great. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Should we jump right in with the theme song? <laughs> we should. Absolutely. I was excited when I saw this was, uh, this was in the list. I love of course it's in the list. <laughs> love this song. I performed this song with my college acapella group. I oh my God. It. Did you really? Yeah. We did a Miley Cyrus medley. I think I, I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it had Best of Both Worlds, The Climb. Mm-hmm. I remember The Climb. <laughs> Party in the USA, and then Wrecking Ball. Oh, very nice. It was very fun. A real career retrospective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we call it the Miley Timeline. Oh, that's so great. Uh, yeah. So, so yes, obviously, we are talking about the best of both worlds. The iconic cultural reset theme song. <laughs> and so... Getting right into it, the song, of course, opens with that iconic, like, it's drum like a, beat and it's like, like a the cheerleader. Riff. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have expect someone to say a five, six, seven, eight. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, we we get that great intro. Uh, it's that like ooh yeah riff is like very often the transition music for the show. I certainly recorded my fair share of versions of that riff back when I was doing mid rolls for the show. Um, And then we, I I did note at the top of my notes for this. I think this was after I'd like looked through all the lyrics that this song gravely underestimates how many hijinks its singer gets into. Uh Uh-huh. Which, which I, I felt was kind of the case for a lot of these songs. And like most of these, because I, I re-listened to this soundtrack earlier today just to like get it back in my head. And the difference between how these lyrics read when they're being sung by Miley Cyrus versus how they read when you're just reading them devoid of music is very different. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Some of these lyrics, not 
necessarily in this song, but in some of the others, kind of read like a cry for help. But like in could, the could songs, us, they sound great. <laughs> could you give us like a poetic reading of some of them? Uh, yeah. Let's see. I have a feeling we're going to be doing this for a few of the songs. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have one for Best of Both Worlds, I don't think. But, like, if we were to look at a song like Just Like You, when she's mm-hmm. like, I'm the girl you know, but I'm someone else too. Ugh, if you only knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so many of these songs, and I, I, I noted this, are, like, not really relatable. <laughs> no, not really. Even though the the like message behind them is like, I am relatable. I am just like you. And it's like, but you're not. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, like, this is, this is kind of a show about you and your specific situation. That your I, very I, specific situation. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm Michael who does music. Oh, but I have a secret identity. It's a uh, Brian who does accounting. <laughs> like uh, best of both worlds there, man. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that, Miley. I got you. <laughs> so, yeah, best of both worlds. The first line is, you get the limo out front. But I I did want to note that that's only apparently at her concerts, because there are regular disputes about who will actually pick up Hannah Montana from her house. Right. Uh, you know, so sometimes you get the limo out front. And then we're, it's immediately followed, of course, by hottest styles, every shoe, every color. And this is definitely true that she has yes. every shoe in every color. <laughs> <laughs> However, the jury is still out on highest styles. <laughs> yeah. It's very 2006. All of her styles. <laughs> I guess they were the hottest styles of the time. I don't know. Some of them are kind of whack. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll give it to her on like some of them. She and commits. then, it, I mean, that's true. The next line is when you're famous, it can be kind of fun. It's really you, but no one ever discovers. And I was like, but people do discover, though. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, spoilers. I mean, you can say people usually don't figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that rhymed, though. (laughs) It's really you, but sometimes people sometimes discover. but, (laughs) But then, of course, we get in some ways you're just like all your friends, but on stage you're a star. Uh, and then you get the best of both worlds. Yes, with a key change. The first musical thing I want to note. And -hmm. I think that is kind of what separates uh, the two sides. Because we go back and forth between these uh, two keys. Um, And it's an obvious key change. Like, any of your listeners will be like, oh, shit, we're here now. Okay, we're in a different place. Um, And that dichotomy is, I think, a nice kind of musical representation of the two worlds. They're both good. So you really do get the best of both worlds. Yes. That is a fantastic point. Um, and then she says, chill it out, take it slow, then you rock at the show. I will say that Miley is very busy at all times. and yeah. <laughs> um, say, It sounds like she's got enough drama going on just as Miley Cyrus. Yeah, and see, she says, <laughs> she says, chill it out, take it slow, then you rock at the show. Like, those are the two sides. Like, chilling out and hanging out. And performing at a concert. And it's like, but celebrities aren't living a double life just because they have time to relax. And that's what the line implies. is like, my two lives are celebrity and hanging out at home. And it's like, well, celebrities do both of those things. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say that it's both worlds, but it's all fine. It's not even relatable to celebrities. No one can relate (laughs) to this shit. 
And then, you know, we finish the chorus with you get the best of both worlds, mix it all together, and you know that it's the best of both worlds. It's just a very straightforward line. Mm-hmm. N- not, not much to report with that one. Uh, second verse, however, starts, <laughs> you go to movie premieres, and in the in the background, somebody goes, is that Orlando Bloom? <laughs> I remember that. Is that Orlando Bloom? <laughs> and... Orlando Bloom has canonically met Hannah and Lola. However, there is a theory on this show that was raised by Alex Mellaris <laughs> that every celebrity that is mentioned but not actually seen on camera is actually just an animal named after a celebrity. <laughs> what? What? This came about because there was a birthday party for Madonna that Hannah was going to. And then Madonna was her friend Tracy's cat. So theoretically, because we never saw Orlando Bloom, they just went into a club and were like, it's Orlando. This could just be like a parakeet named Orlando Bloom. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) That's fun. I had to mention that because Orlando Bloom was mentioned. The next line is, living two lives is a little weird. And then, again, there's, like, this soft little, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that that happens after they say that line. And I think it's very important. (laughs) I That one struck me as I was listening. He was like, yeah. I was like, what? Hello? Huh? What? Who said that? Huh? (laughs) It's soulful. It's how you know she's an artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has emotions in addition to being a celebrity, which is pretty yes. rare. The the next line is school's cool because nobody knows. I would, however, argue that for Miley's particular case, <laughs> school <laughs> would be cooler if people knew <laughs> the secret. That's true. And like That's we've true. been over this multiple times on the show. She very much wishes everyone would treat her not like how they treat, for example, Jake Ryan or whatever, but they she wants people to be treating her better than they currently do because according to the mean girl Amber, she is the least cool person in school. Right, right. So <laughs> Although when you are 13 years old, everyone is the least cool person in school and everyone feels, you know, these complex emotions. So like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if anything doesn't make sense, I'm gonna chalk it up to that. Or it's like you're 13, everything is just kind of hormone soup, you know? Yes, and Amber and Ashley literally distributed a list ranking everyone in the school on how cool they are, and Miley was last. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious! Oh my god, <laughs> I cannot believe. <laughs> All right, I retract that statement. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he doesn't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I, my my take on those two things not going together is that perhaps Hannah is like putting on a brave face for her fans as a coping mechanism for Miley, knowing that she is considered to be uncool. <laughs> so what the fuck is the point of it being the best of both worlds? Sounds like it's the worst. <laughs> It's the best of one world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the okay of another world. <laughs> Getting some mixed messages here, Molly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next line is, 
yeah, you get to be a small town girl, but big time when you play your guitar. Um, and I was like, okay, well, it's possible that Miley is referring to wherever she lived in Tennessee with this line. Mm-hmm. However, we've only ever seen her living in Malibu, which is not a small town. No. So this is, again, just taking license with the facts here to put mm-hmm. on a bit of a front for uh, the target demo of Hannah Montana's music. And we've also have not yet seen her playing a guitar as Hannah Montana. We've seen her as Miley play it a couple of times, but we haven't actually seen it. And both times that she was playing the guitar, she was very sad and like on her porch. Hmm. Uh, So I did want to mention that. And I was like, is this line foreshadowing that we have yet to see pay off of Hannah Montana playing a guitar? (laughs) (laughs) I have to take this seriously. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Keep going. It's really good. Well, then we get the chorus again. We already touched on it. The lines do not change. Right. Then we get the bridge, uh, which is pictures and autographs. You get your face in all the magazines, uh, which reminded me that despite her face being in all the magazines, nobody recognizes her. Because right. the doppelganger universe is a very powerful thing. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the next line is that the best part is that you get to be whoever you want to be. And uh, and I said, well, but like, unless your dad doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and like, unless it interferes with your secret that right. you have a double life. Those are the two big caveats to getting to be whoever you want to be. Also, and and this comes up for me a lot in some of the other songs, but she talks a lot about how you get to be whoever you want to be when you have two lives. But her personality as Hannah is the same as Miley's personality. The only real difference is appearance and career. (laughs) Right, right. So I guess whoever she wants to be is just a blonde singer with her same personality. (laughs) I mean, same. I also want that. (laughs) I think that's, that would yeah. be your double life. <laughs> of course. Everyone wants a double life as a blonde singer. Yeah, totally. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so musically, the bridge is just, it's so forgettable. Um, I, I remember listening to it and being like, I i think I blacked out for a second. I listened to it again. I was like, no, no, there's just nothing there. Um, but then they bring back the cheerleader thing from yes, the beginning. Yes, there's like and a mini like, second bridge. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is okay, this is fun. Yeah, where it goes like best, best, best of both. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to acknowledge it because it is very fun. And uh although it's I mean, it's a lot, but it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice callback. I remember the beginning. It's a good it's a good kind of way to transition back to the uh the chorus. Yeah. Well, and then we get the little um, transition line, which is actually in the title sequence, which I really love, uh, where it goes, who would have thought that a girl like me would double as a superstar? And that's a great line. And then I also really love the little, like, crescendo and the way that, like, she uh, raises her voice on super – it's like a – it's like a crescendo or like what's the other word for it when it's like ascending notes <laughs> when it's like yeah. an upward slide <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> something like that on yeah, superstar <laughs> so that is something that you hear often in country music um and That's this <laughs> yeah well this song kind of combines 
pop, you know, 2006 uh, pop, what was popular, Disney pop especially, and yeah. country. So there's another way that you get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, and um, that it ties into the continuity of the show, which is that Robbie Ray writes most of Hannah's material. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's something I had to think about a lot in this is like, yeah, it's about Miley, but it's like from her dad's perspective. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not going to be fully accurate. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can actually line that sort of thing up. Yeah. So this song is the title card to the show. Is it the intro? Yeah. Okay. It plays in every episode. Oh, There's wow. like a revamped version, I think, for the final season, but it's still the same song. Mm-hmm. I like I like this song. I like how it ends. Like, sit all together and you know that it's the best of both worlds. And it just like there's no music on that last uh that last word. Yeah. It's a nice effect. Yeah. I um I also like the I think it's not in the title sequence, but in the like recorded version. Yeah, she goes like it's so much better because you know you got the best of both worlds. Like it's, <laughs> I love that like little extra like emphasis in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there are there's only like two more lines in this that are new because the rest of it is just the chorus. Um, but there is a line without the shades in the hair, you can go anywhere, and that is very much true for Hannah Montana. Just as long as she remembers to take the hair off, because sometimes right. she forgets, <laughs> which yep. is bad. And then there's the line, you get the best of both girls. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting, because that's the only time in the whole song that the line is changed. Mm-hmm. And it again, it implies that Miley and Hannah are two separate people. When in reality, they very much have the same personality. It's not like Miley's having to like play a part every time she puts on the Hannah wig. She's really just herself with a different appearance. And my big reach of a take on that is that this could maybe be referring to the way that women are categorized by their hair color. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they're or always maybe- like, oh, well, blondes have more fun and brunettes are bookish or whatever i don't know (laughs) maybe robbie ray just wants to claim another dependent on his tax forms you know (laughs) that's probably what it is he's like i have i've had a question for a long time about if hannah montana has a social security number or not oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i mean the answer like must be no but there's some stuff that happens where i'm like is she legally two people? <laughs> right, right. Hmm. These are the ethical questions that we right. uh, we all glean from the show. E- exactly. Um, were there any other thoughts that you had about Best of Both Worlds? Because that's kind of like the that's like it for the lyrics. No, the backup vocals are nice. The key changes are really effective. Um, y- you can really hear. Like the show is Miley Cyrus through mm-hmm. it. It doesn't sound like someone else. It's it's her. Yeah. It is like super duper her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun song. It's I think the perfect just intro sequence song. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's really great. And there's like a reason why they picked it to be the theme song. Like it's it's well done. Um, a lot of it actually makes sense, unlike some of the other stuff. Um, I would like to take this moment because you mentioned 
like you really get a sense for Miley Cyrus's voice in the song. Mm-hmm. I uh, I got a comment from Hannah Montana fan Allie, uh, who is at Old Blue Jeans with a Z on Instagram. <laughs> she wanted to mention that uh, right around the time that the first season of Hannah Montana came out, Miley Cyrus did a live concert in California when she was 13 years old as Hannah Montana. And the show, she says that the show hadn't even aired yet and the crowd loved her so much. And I think she sang it live. So she really did have an insane stage presence from such a young age and was able to captivate an audience that had no idea who she was. And uh, Allie also mentioned that the first season soundtrack is such a classic, which I agree with. How cool. Yeah, Yeah. And I... I uh, I have always really, really loved Miley Cyrus's voice. I think she's an excellent singer, even like on this soundtrack when she's like 13, when she's recording it. And I think she's only gotten better. <laughs> yeah, I so I can put on my my voice teacher hat and give my yeah. opinions. <laughs> um, <laughs> 13 year olds should not sound that mature. Um. They shouldn't. She's she's putting on a little bit of an affect to her voice, mm-hmm. and I've 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 had thirteen year old voice students before, and I'm like, okay, tone it down a little. You don't have to sound <laughs> like my. You don't have to sound like an adult. <laughs> exactly, you're thirteen. Everything is like your your larynx area is super duper growing. If you ever met a thirteen year old boy? They talk like this. Like it, it's it's not it's not done right. It's mm-hmm. still cooking. Um. So she she there's like a little bit of this fancy thing called post nasality where she like pushes things kind of through her nose, kind of sounds like this a little bit. It almost like sounds plugged. Um, I mean, that's kind of it, how she sounds like when she when like her like accent comes out. Yeah, when but she's daddy, speaking. Yeah, 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 exactly. But daddy, we got to get rid of that. Zit, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of that. Um, you can't. I look best. The best of both worlds is fine in terms of the. Um, the vocal technique i think it sounds natural there are a couple of other ones where you can tell she's trying to sound older which is Mm -hmm. not healthy it's not healthy you can tell though she's had voice lessons Mm -hmm. like no no 13 year old's gonna get there just naturally you gotta know what to do um in other other than that it's pretty all right i can tell that she's just kind of putting on a fake voice which is not sustainable um but for most of her songs i got no complaints it sounds good homegirl can belt yeah, she I she has such vocal range and that like still is true today. Of course her voice has changed quite a bit. Her voice is a little deeper, certainly more raspier. Smoking will do that to you. Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. But uh but you know, the range is still very much there. And so I'm glad that she's been able to really find her sound as she's grown up because I mean <laughs> having listened to like her latest album a lot stream plastic cars is excellent um <laughs> i and like then listening to this like it's just it's her voice works very well in this style but like you can tell it's not the best utilization of it like it's not it's not the most uh comfortable it could be mm-hmm. although she never sounds like she's straining or anything and there's a couple there's a couple moments. Okay, where I'm like, well you're the expert, Uh-oh. so <laughs> you're you're welcome Uh-oh. to address that when we get there. 
Yeah. Okay. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. We did it. Next up. Next song. Who said? Who said? Who did say? Who said that? The haters. Who said? (laughs) The haters said it. Um, I I got my lyrics for these songs from Genius.com, and the they have almost no annotations on them. However, on several of these, people did put where these songs. Uh, peaked on the Billboard Hot 100, <laughs> and Ooh. who said peaked at 83? <laughs> so, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Need uh, me say more? Yeah. Um, who yeah. said has a very interesting intro? I love it. It's yeah. sort of gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Darn really sure. odd. It like doesn't really fit in with like the other ones. It's no. it's a very unique song. Yeah, you can tell this is going to be a little different than Best of Both Worlds. It's like, okay, okay, we're working with a different emotion here. It's still, I mean, I wouldn't classify it as like an anthem in the way that Best of Both Worlds is, but it's still got a little bit of anthemic quality just because it's such like an empowerment song, (laughs) you know? Right, So the first line of this song is, I'm more than just your average girl. I like to turn me up and show the world. This has an obvious interpretation, which is that it is referencing her being a singer. She's saying, turn me up. She means her music. She's showing the world who she is, which is something your average girl, I guess, typically isn't able to do. However, I think this was more true when the song was recorded, because now in the internet age, you can (laughs) show the world anything you want (laughs) with the press of a button. I'm mm. doing it right now. <laughs> uh, follow me. Um, and, uh, no. <laughs> you're, you are not on social media. <laughs> I mean, no, you're I'm on really Facebook, not. but like you don't have like Twitter or anything. You're no, like never I, on your Instagram. I got nothing. I made one TikTok. I got 60 views. I was like, cool, success. We're done. Can put that away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next line is some can talk the talk, but this girl just wants to rock. Uh, this reminded me of the Hillary Duff classic, Rock This World. Uh, I think there's a very common theme with Disney girls wanting to, you know, quote unquote, rock, <laughs> mm. which is ironic because Disney pop is like about as far from like actual rock music as you can get. Oh, it's so commercial. Yeah. Yeah. But I did think that was just a n- nice little tie in like like they all every disney girl that releases singles has to talk about how much they love to rock uh mm. <laughs> despite being 13 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the next line is i'm individual i'm not like anyone and i was like well this is true on a molecular level <laughs> yeah uh-huh <laughs> but with respect to who miley is in her personal life she is however very concerned with appealing with appearing cool Mm -hmm. she's very concerned about her status at school and yet she's like i'm an individual Mm -hmm. i'm not like anyone even though she's like very snooty about what she wears and stuff like that yeah i'm an individual who needs to be liked by everyone yeah so i'm I'm again like this is another line that seems like it's maybe aspirational for miley Mm -hmm. (laughs) or Mm -hmm. again because most of these songs were written by her father. Maybe he has a skewed perception of his daughter and how much she cares about being cool. Or sure. perhaps he's trying to teach her lessons subliminally and be like, you need to listen to your own music, Miley. 
It's cool to be an individual. <laughs> so what's the context of this song in the show? Does she perform it? When do we hear it? Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember if we got like any of the scenes that her at like her typical concert doing it. I know that she sang this song um, on a TV show. She like did like a acoustic concert that was filmed for TV and she sang this song. Oh. Uh None of it particularly ties in with the plot whenever she sings this, I don't think. The instrumental for this was playing um, while she walked in a fashion show in last week's episode. (laughs) So (laughs) it just turns up usually. It's not usually related to the plot when it happens. Oh, there was one time in the Dolly Parton episode. (laughs) Uh, Dolly Parton sang some of the lines from this to Miley because she was feeling very sad about Jake Ryan dating another girl. And then uh, Robbie Ray sang some lines and then they all sang it together on the couch. Oh, that's acapella. sweet. That's yeah. sweet. That's probably okay. the way that it was most incorporated into plot. I like it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, this <laughs> song, this song from a musical standpoint is like probably one of the more country songs yes definitely um what i noticed they do is you just take like a pure country song like okay get the instrumentation the multiple guitars the bass you know the strumming and then you put rock and roll drums like like mm-hmm. pop pop drums sorry not rock yeah. and roll drums would be way harder but pop drums over that <laughs> and you get miley cyrus music yeah and, oh and backup vocals you need the backup vocals Oh, so many backup vocals. Yeah. And boom, that's the formula I found. <laughs> <laughs> so the next line is, I can be cool as ice or anything I want to be. So yet another line about being anyone you want to be. This is part of like Hannah Montana's like central messaging to her fans is be whoever you want to be. And then we get to the chorus, uh, which is who said, who said, I can't be Superman. I say, I say that I know I can, which I've always found this line to be interesting (laughs) because Mm -hmm. she wants to be Superman, which on the surface level, you put it in because it rhymes with can, but why not Wonder Woman or Supergirl? Or is this perhaps more progressive that she wants to be what Superman represents, which transcends our perceptions of gender? (laughs) It's probably that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more about like Superman and what he represents, I suppose. Yeah. And she says that she like knows she can be Superman. And I was mm. like, hmm, I, I wonder, I wonder what that specifically entails for her. What being mm. Superman means to her. Yeah. F- f- fame? Hmm? Hmm? I guess he's famous, but he's not, like, a celebrity. Uh, She wants to punch through walls. Yes, she wants eye lasers. (laughs) Yes, eye lasers. Okay, so who who said, who said is, um, it's the eye laser song. (laughs) Good. Uh, The next line is, who said I won't be president? I say you ain't seen nothing yet, which is true because she's too young to legally be president. Yet. (laughs) <laughs> wait let you me know? check my sources yes that's correct <laughs> yes. which i mean it, it led me to wonder what a hannah montana presidency would entail um god listen if kanye to... can run so can miley so don't. i mean yeah but mm, <laughs> don't. <laughs> 
But, I mean, Miley seems to mostly only have a conscience when she's being heavily advised. So she would need a very robust cabinet in the Montana administration. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Also, she would have to run as herself because, like I said, I'm pretty sure Hannah Montana doesn't have a social security number. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm like 85% sure Hannah Montana doesn't have a social security <laughs> number. I can't say it definitively, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, at, the, at the end of the course, we hop into the verse which starts, go on and make some noise. Every girl has her choice. And I was like, Hannah Montana, pro-choice confirmed. Mm. Uh, but then she immediately says to lead their own parade, I do it my way. And I was like, okay, so she's pro-choice where parades are concerned. Right. <laughs> she's pro-choice as long as it's my choice. <laughs> she, she is very into freedom of type of parade. Right. This, we're slowly putting together her campaign platform here. I just oh, realized. No. Oh, no. All right, let's keep going. What else do we got? <laughs> what else do we got, Miley? Okay. Well, the next line is, I can be sophisticated or totally go out of control. And well, don't give her the fucking nuke codes. Yeah. Well, so literally until the moment I read the lyric, I thought the line was, I can be sophisticated or totally good. <laughs> Uh, I did not pick up on the fact that she was totally go. She was saying totally go out of control. I don't think I even deciphered that the words were out of control. I think I just always heard it phonetically. Because mm-hmm. uh, she does kind of like, she goes from kind of speaking the part of the line into like out of control. You know, like she does right. that. <laughs> so like, right. uh, yeah. And so she also posits, being sophisticated with being out of control as opposites of each other, mm-hmm. which is not accurate. I think you can be sophisticated and lose control sometimes. <laughs> what do your emotions have to do with being sophisticated? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. We then go to the chorus. It's like the same line as before, but then who said I'm not electrified? I say, and then it goes like right into the bridge. And I'm like, what does she have to say to claims that she's not electrified? Oh, yeah. Although she does say, and I got nerve electrified. I'm on a wire. Huh? So maybe it's a tie in there. Yeah, that's probably it. I had nothing to say about the bridge because it's generic empowerment messaging, but I'll just read it. There's no holding back, staying right on track, because you control the game, so let them know your name. No limitations on imagination. Imagine that. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Woo! It has it in parentheses on the, like, official lyrics. Good. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I didn't have anything to say about the bridge. It's pretty free. It's self-explanatory. And then for the last chorus, she changes a couple of lines. One of them is, who said I can't be worldwide? I say time is on my side. And it was because, as you well know, she had a worldwide ad campaign. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. It was the zit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished, I guess. That's also her campaign for presidency? <laughs> 
<laughs> Who said I can't be worldwide? <laughs> Boom. Uh, and then the next line is, who said I can't be 10 feet tall? I say that I can have it all. Now, this was interesting for me. Obviously, we're meant to take this as a metaphor for feeling on top of the world. Right. But what if she wants to literally be 10 feet tall? <laughs> that could be it. That could be an episode. Like what was, um, yeah. And like, what was, is it from the, there was like a new video game with like a 10 foot tall woman in it. Yes, (laughs) there was. Was that like Resident Evil or something? I just, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know more about video games than me. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't, I don't care. Okay. Well, my point is simply Maybe she wants to be, like, the big woman from the video game and be actually 10 feet tall. It's from Resident Evil. It's Lady Dimitrescu. Dimi... Lady... Oh, she is tall! Is she 10 feet tall? (laughs) Dimitrescu. I think think they confirmed she was, like, 9 feet tall. So, Hannah Montana wants to be even taller than this woman. She wants to be taller than Lady Dimitrescu. Bold. That's bold. <laughs> Are you saying that she can't be 10 feet tall? Who said? I didn't say. Who said? <laughs> she Who says said? that she can have it all. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing about this song is that I really, really, really love the outro to this song. I, I've mm. always really loved it. I love the little, like, ascending string riff that happens right before the end i think it's amazing yeah i think it's a great little like production move that like i've it's always stuck with me mm-hmm. i think it's in the bridge there there is just an aggressively simple guitar solo that oh yeah yeah, yeah so much stank to it like so, so like, much distortion yeah <laughs> I was like, okay, someone wrote that in the last minute, and they were like, hey, you, can you write a, a guitar solo? i play the drums. Yeah, just write one. Yeah, just real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going to be on TV. <laughs> it's be on TV. Okay. Did you have any uh, last thoughts on Who Said? I, I like this song. It's a bop. It's catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the message. The message is really nice. So, and I have a comment about Who Said from listener Jessica P., she is at books for Jessica. That's the number four on Instagram. And she said that one thing that she's noticed uh, from listening to the show, to my show, uh, is that uh, Who Said is a way better song than she remembers. And she remembered liking that as a kid, but listening to it again now and rewatching these episodes, she's really loving it. It's catchy. It's it catchy. Is. I it's love good. It. I, all I do is music. So I have, I, I mean, you know, this is going to sound pretentious, but I have standards for things because <laughs> it's what I do for my profession. But like, I don't know, man, these first two songs, I like them. They're good. Yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, should we jump into one that I like a little less? I would love to. I don't hate it or anything, but it's not like, it's not God tier. Like some of these, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the next song is just like you. And uh, we open very simply with, so what you see is only half the story. There's another side of me. 
And I was like, well, which came first, just like you or the other side of me, <laughs> which is right. another song. <laughs> it seems like a very clear reference. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, granted, most of these are about living a double life, but that's literally like the name of a song. Yeah, we, we have reached uh, unrelatable song number two. Oh, is he home? Is that what's Hi, happening? Puppy. She's whining. I'm, I'm going to oh, step away for it. just a moment and let her out. Do it. Now that I have the podcast to myself. You get the best of both worlds. Chill it out, take it slow. Then you rock out the show. You get. I did not hear the garage. I wouldn't have known if Cena hadn't made all those noises. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, so we'd only said the first line, right? Yeah, the, the other half of me. There's another side of me. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is. Okay. Uh, and the next is the line, I'm the girl you know, but I'm someone else too, if you only knew. <laughs> and this, that second half is really what, like, stuck for me. I was like, does she want people to know? Because, like, the point of the double life is them not right. knowing. Or is it just right. her being like, you don't even know how crazy my life is. Mm-hmm. It's that little tease, like sort of like, ooh, you don't know me, but what if you did? Oh, but you don't. Oh, but ooh, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then she says, it's a crazy life, but I'm all right. Uh, basically just saying, you know, living a double life has its challenges, but they're worth the rewards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not not a ton to say on that. Uh, and then everything I've always wanted isn't always what it seems. Oh, I guess I skipped over a line, but... What's what's the line at the start of that chorus? Oh, she says, it's a crazy life, but I'm all right. I got everything I've always wanted, living the dream. Oh, and then, so relatable, right? Oh, so <laughs> I relatable. Got everything I've ever wanted. I'm living the dream. You and me, dream. Marley. You and me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but then she says, but everything I've always wanted isn't always what it seems. And so I'm like, well, would the true everything that she's wanted be having celebrity as herself and not having a double life? It, like, why isn't it as it seems? Huh. Is it simply that she wasn't expecting a double life to be like this? Or is it that her mm. fans don't know the true her? I, I think this line brings something up where I'm like, you claim to love your double life. <laughs> but then you're saying <laughs> having everything I've always wanted isn't what it seems it's like well what does it seem like mm-hmm. <laughs> i want i want you to explain this line. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a little misleading oh i have too much money oh that's your interpretation uh, like like having too much money right <laughs> i don't know well, she, i'm lost yeah and then i mean there's not another line before the end of that chorus, right? Yeah, no. And then she says, I'm a lucky girl whose dreams came true, but underneath it all, I'm just like you. Yes. And the music drops out as she says, just like you. I remember that. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself, ah, good. I understood those words because I understood none of the ones before. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't get a single one. It is a unique trait of this song is that like every time she says the phrase just like you she sings it a little differently hmm. did you notice that 
No. Like on the first Just Like You when the music cuts, she says it like Just Like You and on the You she like goes down. Mm -hmm. And then on other ones, she like goes up on the You, you know, Mm -hmm. she mixes it up. (laughs) I like it. I like it. It's good. It's good technique. Yeah, and, and the line, I'm a lucky girl who, whose dreams came true, but underneath it all, I'm just like you. It's establishing the connection between Hannah and her fans, because she's mm-hmm. one of them underneath it all, <laughs> underneath her piles <laughs> of money. Yes. And the hottest styles, every shoe, every color. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's a fine message to be like, I'm a celebrity, but I'm also a person. Like, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. What comes after that? Yeah, so the second verse is, and and I guess it's a testament to this song being one that I listen to less often than uh, some of the others. Um, that, but like, I did not remember that these were the words to the second verse at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I fully needed to look it up. Uh, she says, "Don't want to be treated differently. I want to keep it all inside." Uh, and this is like one of Miley's like real central conflicts. Uh, across the show is that she wants a normal life, but it's very hard to resist the attention that she would get if she were just open about her status as a celebrity. Uh, She, she doesn't want to be treated differently until situations arise where she very much would like to be treated differently. (laughs) Right. And she struggles with that a lot. And then she says, half the time I've got my name in lights, the other half I'm by your side. And I was a little confused by the point of view on that line. Uh, my fir- my first guess was who as to whose side she is by. My first mm-hmm. interpretation was her fans, but that would seemingly also be classified as the half where her name is in lights. So right. I'm like, is she singing this to a friend, possibly Lily? You know? Yeah, maybe. Is this in the show at all? Like when, uh, this, when? When does it happen? I think we just see her sing this like at concerts. Got it. I have no idea. Maybe it rhymed. Maybe that's what they wrote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we get the chorus again, and then the bridge is. If I can get my notes back up, the bridge is. Can't you see? I'm just an ordinary girl. And I'm like, again, who's she talking to? That's my big question. Right. Who is she pleading with here to see her as an ordinary girl? Is she pleading yeah. with her fans? Is she trying to appeal to her friends that despite her job, she's normal? <laughs> right, right. That might be it. It's weird yeah. that she's singing it in concert, though. I'd like to bring that up. Where she's like, I'm living a double life. And they're like, yeah, it sounds so good. And she's like, I am. I have a secret double life and they're like well, yay we love you miley well hannah oh, hannah hannah <laughs> the I whole point is that it's hannah the whole, point. the whole point we love you hannah like do you think any of them at any point were like huh hmm <laughs> i don't know because she never explicitly says that she has like another identity she just says there's two sides to her and she lives in two worlds. She never mm-hmm. says I'm secretly somebody else with a different name and my hair is a wig. The closest would be <laughs> without the shades in the hair, you can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, well, what hair are you referring to? 
Right, right. If they don't know that it's a wig. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you've talked about it millions of times on the podcast where people just, this is a universe where people don't realize it. People just really are, it's, there's just too many doppelgangers walking around for That's it true. to be a big deal that these two <laughs> girls look identical and are the same age and yeah. probably live in the same house. <laughs> That's fine. If you establish the rules of the universe, of the, of the oh, cinematic universe, then you go, you <laughs> yeah. roll with it. And hey, I, who am I to complain? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last line of the bridge is trying to live, trying to love, trying to be just who I am, which I thought was funny because she's living a double life, and so it's a very interesting narrative <laughs> yeah. to be like, I'm just trying to be who I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you're singing about your double life as you do it. Um, But, uh, but yeah. And then we go back to the chorus and we just get the chorus a couple more times. Yeah. I've noticed there's a pattern, a a form, a musical form Mm -hmm. uh, for (laughs) all of these songs where you get, and and this is true for really just most pop songs, period. You get the verse, you get the chorus, you get the verse. It's the A, B, B, A or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abba. Dun, 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 dun. Um, <laughs> no, you so so you get like intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. Yes, yes. All of these pretty much follow that format. Exactly. Yeah. I'm very excited to talk about the songs in season two and um and to do like a close listen to those because I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious as to if they change that up at all. Um, and I I have listened to maybe two of the songs from seasons three and four, which mm-hmm. is like blasphemy to a lot of my listeners. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I didn't watch those episodes as you <laughs> should know by now. Uh, but I love all the songs in season two. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much of a difference there is in the form as it goes on. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everyone, I hope you've been enjoying this special breakdown of the music of season one. Uh, Michael and I have so much more to say about the remaining five songs that I decided to go ahead and split our conversation into two parts. So I hope you'll join us again next week for the second half of this special episode before we head into season two the following week. Uh, In the meantime, feel free to follow the show on Twitter at PumpingUpThePod and on Instagram at PumpingUpThePodcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at LovelyLisi or on Instagram at ActoryElise. We'll see you next week. And until then, keep on pumping up the party.